Hello, happy hump day, everybody. It is Wednesday. It is the drive home time. Uh, let's see if this one's up for publishing. This one's going to seem a little insensitive because it is born out of a bit of frustration. The... There's this like massive situation going on in the world right now where there's resistance to people who have good intentions and true insight and ideas for progress and change just being absolutely choked out by stupid people you know and some of it may be chalk upable to you like that chalk upable chalk upable to ignorance like they just you know don't know any better that type of thing but again that's becoming less and less forgivable like I, it's not an obligation there's no there's nobody hoarding information you know the echo chambers that you find yourself and the confirmation bias that you're subjected to like these things are more and more self-imposed you know it's not an excuse just because it's uncomfortable to broaden your knowledge base and to relinquish opinions Jeff Bezos has a quote about how brilliant people like brilliant people change their minds like the a trait that seems exclusive to higher intelligence is the ability to say, yeah, I used to think that, now I don't. You know, I had some conversations, I read some books, I took other people's opinions and feelings and some new knowledge into consideration, and I've changed my opinion perspective on the world and here is my new conclusions which are also subject to change Tim Ferriss makes a reference to someone I know this isn't his quote but and I forget who he's quoting so I apologize for that but uh, and I'm actually going to jack it up a little bit so how's this for (laughs) a rehearsed podcast but it's something to the effect of strong convictions loosely held you know so there's a presidential candidate right now his name's Andrew Yang this guy's just an absolute fireball now I don't believe a a million percent like everything you know that he says but his campaign platform is built on the concept of universal basic income. And regardless of how you feel about it, he makes a solid argument for it. Now, I'm a absolutist supporter of universal basic income. There's an entire chapter of my book dedicated to it. And it's unquestionably one of the most powerful tools for anti-desperation. You know, people being in desperate situations is where 
all of the troubles of the world breed from. People not feeling safe, people not feeling empowered, people not having mobility, people not having just the tiniest bit of freedom that comes with a little bit of financial breathing room. You know, just these types of things, you know, are the reasons that I, I support universal basic income because I think the most important first step in global progress is to reduce desperation across the board. Now, the reason that I started this conversation off with the shock at the level of resistance that people put up against new ideas is just that, is that why is it so hard and how can we do a better job at convincing people To a, just to support, or not even support, but just to be more open-minded and have a better process of vetting their opinions before just this cognitive vomit starts spewing everywhere. You know, just the... There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to just... To inject the ethic into people to have a vetting process. You know, I mean, everybody from Descartes to Carl Sagan to Richard Feynman. If you don't know who these people are, Google them. They all have some pretty solid processes in place for... How do you disseminate the information that you consume for its true value? Because the process that most people go through is they're like, how do I feel about this? What do I want to believe? They seek out things that echo that and then shut the microphones off. Like, this is what I believe whether it is based on fact, whether it is based on anything tangible, just any of it, you know, like that's the amount of effort people are willing to put in. Anything more than that is just not going to happen. And I've had people say this to my face, just, you know, I'll be like, well, read, read this and, and tell me if it changes your opinion. Well, what's reading going to do? Like, seriously? It's, the intent was to add some context to what you're basing your opinions off of. You know, these, here's some information that I used to develop an opinion. My opinion seems to be in contrast to yours. You know, what would you like me to consume that, that helped you format your opinion? And there's not a whole lot there usually. You know, when people do fire things back, you know, I I put them through my process. What are the sources? What are they basing this off of? You know, if 
all falls through that phenomena of like if someone says, oh, there's research about this, new research says, or a study says, all right, well, that doesn't mean a whole lot. What? How did they research it? What was the research? I mean, did they use some type of modern scientific process to validate the results, or did they just hand out a survey to people that they had a pretty solid idea we're going to answer the questions a certain way. You know, did they just look over, you know, Google statistics or, or was there some type of methodology? Like how did they, what questions did they ask? What answers did they get? And how did they factor this into forming their opinion? This doesn't take as long as you would think. And it pokes holes in a lot more than you would think it does, that it, you would think it would. So, and I know I'm a little all over the place right now, but that, that's my curiosity. That, that's my wonder is how do we demand that people just use a process? Honestly, I could care less like what the process is. You know, it, but they need a valid process to at least account for their opinions. You know, much less develop them, just to account for it. You know, if someone says something to the effect of, well, socialism sucks. Alright, well, maybe. (laughs) But, so what brought you to that? 99% 99% of the time, they're not, they won't even be able to define socialism. And this, please let me qualify this as not being, I'm not an advocate of socialism, just, it's just a, just an, like a conversational example. But if someone's going to say they don't support socialism, can they define it? What examples are they using? And where is this factoring into whatever conversation you're having? You know, because the, the time is not, like, there's no chance right now. Like, this isn't the era where all of a sudden there's going to be some mass change to socialism. Like, that's not even a thing. You know, the society may begin to adopt policies that have kind of a socialistic nature to it. But as far as being able to reformat the American government under a concept that would map onto the true definition of socialism, get the fuck out of here. That doesn't even make sense. You know? So, just as an example, like, when someone has an opposing viewpoint or a supporting viewpoint for something, like, are they supporting it? Like, can they define it? Like, can they contextualize it? You know, so... You know, another good example is when you hear someone say that addiction is not a disease, okay? That, that's a very polarizing moment, you know, because... It's just a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. You know, maybe you have a history of addiction, or... 
have been exposed to a family member who was an addict, or you were just aware of the situation of addiction from the headlines. You know, you've seen some videos of parents passed out with their kids in the car and just all the, you know, countless horrific examples there are of how destructive addiction is. But then you'll see someone spit out just a viscerally stupid meme about, well, if addiction is a disease, why don't they give chemo to people for free? Or why why don't they give insulin to diabetics? All right. So are we arguing about whether or not addiction qualifies as a disease? Because if you Google the definition of it, and you hold on to that definition for your comparison. You can't really walk away from it. It, it qualifies. Sure. Now, does something being qualified as a disease automatically justify the treatment for it being free? I'm not even aware of an example of this. You know, the, the methadone meme about why addicts, if they get methadone for free, listen, you're off base on that as well. But there's no version of a disease that qualifies something just for absolute free treatment. Not in America, at least. You know, so... How do you even have that argument? How do you even have that discussion? Like, if one person is just saying that, well, addiction's a disease, if you just use the definition of the word disease, well, we're not using that. We're using the, the meme that I saw on Facebook about free methadone. Okay, if there are social programs giving out methadone, do you think that decision was arrived at lightly? You think people were just like, oh, I got an idea. We have a bunch of addicts out here. I think it's a disease. Let's give out a treatment for free. You know, or do you think that process was a little more robust than that? You know? So, again, not trying to parlay this in any specific argument because it is just an across-the-board issue right now where the most vocal support or opposition to certain arguments is coming from people who have zero process of validating their reasoning behind their positions. And how this is manifesting is that people who are genuinely trying to help people who are suffering are being struck down by the very people that it would help in a lot of ways and by people who aren't even giving it the due diligence you know, to just understand the positions that they're holding or even having a snowball's chance in hell of possibly changing their positions when given new information. So, I'm out of time for this one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Sorry if that got a little bit emotional. I'd love to hear everybody's opinions, responses, contributions to it. You know where to get at me. jbrandonhall.com is the blog. 
I'm on Instagram, jbrandonhall78. Same with Facebook and Twitter and all that shit. So uh, I love every one of you, and thank you so much for listening. And until the next time.